we're talking about, as the screen says, sexual integrity, strange man, strange woman. And um, I do want to, again, remind you about this series, uh, just a, a brief background. So many people refuse to teach on sexual issues or take the issue head on. A lot of preachers don't want to touch it. All right. Um, or they teach on it in a way that doesn't produce faith or comfort, right? My goal is not to demonize people because they've had a bad past and made uh, some difficult decisions that they're experiencing consequences on. But I have to set a standard, and it's not my standard. It's God's standard. That's what I'm responsible for, okay? And so, and some people don't deal with it because they haven't developed the personal track record of integrity that enables them to speak with authority. You know, if, you, if you're not living it, then it's hard for you to speak it and have it move other people. Now, it has to, if, if it's gospel, then it is good news. So the point is never to condemn. Jesus came to a woman who was caught in the very act of sexual, in, of sexual uh, misappropriation. She was caught in the act of adultery. And he did not condemn her. So the purpose is never to be um, condemning of people, making permanent, um, making permanent judgments on them from which they cannot recover. That's not the gospel. Jesus said, if any of you are without sin, throw the first stone. He was the only one who was without sin. So he could have thrown the stone he was asking them to throw. And the only one who could throw the stone didn't throw the stone. Oh, that's some good preaching right there. So we don't ever want to be the people that um, are, are the, th the stone throwers. Old generations of holiness, that's what they did. But what we do want to do is have a healthy appreciation for holiness that takes on to ourselves personal responsibility to live a life that is pleasing to God. Now, what other people do, they think that uh, biblical standards are unrealistic, irrelevant, or even hate speech. And it's best just to leave it alone and to cherry pick key scriptures that support the way they were going to do what they did anyway believing that God knows my heart and he'll just forgive me. Well, I'm telling you to tr the truth that there's a power to live God's standard no matter where you are in your current calling in life. And the truth of God is discernible in a way that is beyond dispute. So we can look at scriptures and we can say if this is right or wrong from the scriptures. We don't have to make the scripture say what we want them to say. We can hear what they have to say and what God has already decided about these issues. You can know where you are along your destiny path and make sure that you have made your calling and election sure. Listen, if you are saved as a single man, some stuff you can't do. If you are a married man and your wife has female issues, you might not be able to do nothing either. And that's not a reason for you to opt out and pull up, a, try to pull another card from the deck. 
wherever God's called you until he moves you forward, you can be you can be pleasing to God where you at right now. Now, the crazy thing to me, like like when I was single, <laughs> when I was single, I was dreaming for the time when I could have my wife, I could have my cake and eat it, too, and heaven still be happy with me. The amazing thing is, is that as a pastor, I've learned that you had to tell single people to say no, and then you have to turn around and tell married people to say yes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Guys, if you got comments on this one, leave it, and then we'll come back and talk about, about um, them. So if you got comments for those that are watching online, I want you to know that, um, that you can go out and leave us information, questions, instant direct message our, our social media sites, and we'll try to cover them in the content of this series, all right? Okay, so let's get back to our objectives. Sexual integrity, strange man, strange woman. Um, just a reminder of what these objectives are. And um, they were, number one, to internalize the reason for committing to a system of sexual integrity. Two, to understand the errors of sexual, the, the areas of sexual error that a man is subject to. To identify problems in personal sexual integrity conduct. And then four, to establish and apply the principles of what we call the well water systems to set a strong foundation for sexual integrity. Then I gave you a definition that a man of destiny is one who commits to sexual integrity, walks in total commitment to a biblical value system in public and private forums and sexual contact and relationships with women, men and children. And yes, you got to cover all three. You have to cover all three. Right. In the day that we lived in, when I got this lesson, this is a carryover lesson from from um, something that my late bishop had started. And I'm basically taking a bunch of his notes and teaching them. So if somebody want to say I, I didn't copyright, I, I gave him credit. But me and him had a relationship. So if you got a problem with it, come see me. But you need to come see me and we'll talk. All right. Um, but when he wrote the series, he said it was just in terms of relationships with women. But in the day we live in, we got to talk about the men and the children, too. You would be surprised the kind of stuff you hear about in church that's really not church. OK, five reasons why a man should commit to sexual integrity. We're going to get we're going to um, go through the whole list, which we ended with last session on in June. And then we'll go into and in deep in the first couple two or three of those, all right? So five reasons why uh, men should commit to sexual integrity. Number one, it is required, it is required by God, right? And then the second is it protects you from one of the tools meant to bring destruction. Three, it is a key to achieving and maintaining destiny, sexual integrity, is a key. It's not the only key, but it is a key to achieving destiny and maintaining it, meaning you can get to a destiny and then destroy it after you got it because you can't keep your zipper zip. Four, compromise in this area will only get worse over time. That's why you need to fix the whisper before it becomes a scream. You need to crush the acorn before it becomes an oak tree. 
It doesn't get better. It doesn't just go away. It won't get better on its own. All right. Then what was the number five says um, compromise in this area will be visited and multiplied in the next generation. That's why you need to fix it now. Don't be leaving your kids, you know, struggling with sexual sin that you didn't fix. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Man up. Right. Many of us, not all of us, but many of us had. In the African-American community, it's almost sport. To have womanizing fathers. We got whole songs about it. Papa. Was a rolling stone. What does this what does it say? Wherever he laid his head was his home. And when he died. All he left us was alone. We have turned, we got a whole culture built around men who, <laughs> for those that are watching the video, one of the brothers in the room called it the black anthem. We got a whole culture built around people's sexual deviance in our generations, not recognizing that somebody has to put a bloodline in the blood of Jesus to get their bloodline fixed from that sin issue, or that stuff will just keep going and going. And not only does it visit, but it also has a chance to multiply. In other words, the seed that you go will grow into a harvest in the next generation. Whoever you are will multiply. That's why I want to build something in me that I want to see in a multiply fashion in the next generation. All right, now let's go back. We're dealing with number one, five reasons of sexual a man should commit to sexual integrity. Number one, it is required by God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, um, verse 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous and wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Don't be misled. Anybody tells you something then other than this is misleading you. Neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindle, swindlers and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed Revelers and slanderers. Now, we've taken slander to a whole different level since the social media. Nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such some of you were once, but you were washed, cleaned, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed. And you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. Let's stop here for a second before we go on down to verse 13. All right. Let's just say something here on this one for a second. Um, this passage scripture says that there is a certain standard of behaviors of things that are unacceptable in the kingdom of God and that will prevent you from walking in the fullness of what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom on your way to heaven, enjoying the trip, 
getting all the benefits of being a kingdom citizen and, and have the kingdom to sit to, to, to participate and to move and to accelerate your life towards destiny. There is a standard of do's and don'ts. There is a standard of rights and wrongs. There is a standard of what's acceptable and what's not. Now, this passage of scripture also says there, there is a difference between where you've been and where you are. Such were some of you. Okay, so just because you had those in your past doesn't mean you have to have them in your present or in your future. There needs to be an expiration date to your dumb days. There needs to be an expiration date to your dumb days. Such were some of you. But somewhere... That part of you expired and you were washed clean, made fit for the kingdom by the blood of Jesus. And listen, you are not where you've been if you don't stay there and continue to do it. I remember having a service where I asked people to raise their hand and I said, how many of you have ever been fully like drunk? A bunch of hands went up. I said, I said, listen, pastor, not trying to hate on you. Just follow the story. Many hands went up. And then I said, of the people whose hands are up, how many of you are drunk right now? And then the hands went down. And I said, do you know why you were drunk before but not drunk now? You stop drinking. If you keep drinking, you're going to keep being drunk. So if you keep practicing, you'll be stuck someplace that will prevent you from moving forward in the kingdom. That's all God said. That needs to be an expiration date on your dumb days. Don't be stuck on stupid forever. All right. Now let's look at verse 13 through 15. Now, verse 13 begins to talk about appetites because appetites run together. Right. Appetites run together. Uh, a person who can't control their appetite for food can, has to be watchful about controlling their appetite for sex. That's why they're mentioned together in Scripture. All right. Now, some people. <laughs> some people comfort themselves with sexual sin. I think they call it friends with benefits. That's what I'm told. That's what my millennials tell me. All right. Um, and so some people have comfort sex. Other people have comfort food. And so that's why Paul deals with both of them together. Let's look at that. That's an important point because it'll come back up later. Verse 13, food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will finally end the functions of both and bring them to nothing. The body is not intended for sexual immorality. Let me say it again. The body is not intended for sexual immorality. Let me say it one more time. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but it is intended for the Lord and the Lord is intended for the body to save it, to sanctify it, and to raise it again. Verse 14, and God both raised the Lord to life and will also raise us up by his power. That's talking about the final resurrection. Verse 15, do you not see and know that your bodies are members, bodily parts of Christ the Messiah? Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Never, never, certainly not. Okay, so... Um, 
the, the, the scriptural revelation of what sexual intimacy is, sexual intimacy reserved for a husband and wife is a physical joining where two bodies join together and become one. That physical intimacy is supposed to drive a soulish and a spiritual intimacy between two believers to the point where the people that are physically intimate start to act like, look like, and to like one another. I'm really preaching good today. Jesus, or let's say it this way, the, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul here says that a saved person, a person who has Christ on the inside of them, who then in a moment of passion, goes out and gets a prostitute, becomes one with that. And the implication is, if you become one with that, you become one with her history. Whatever her history is, you, got, you, you became one with it. Now, people don't like that. Yeah, you went to bed with her and all of her exes. <laughs> uh, you may not like that, but that's, that's the Bible. All right. Praise the Lord. OK, let's look at uh, verses 18 through 20. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness, flee from impurity in thought, word and deed. All any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. For you are bought with the price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring his bring glory to him in your body. All right. So let's talk about this. Now, listen, listen, every man of destiny, look at me. Every man of destiny needs to have studied in detail. This is pastor giving you homework assignment to know 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you the highlights, but you need to go home and do the detail. Every man of destiny needs to know 1 Corinthians chapter 6 so that you can fortify yourself with God's requirement for sexual purity. It is strengthening ourselves and keeping God's standard. Please note a lack of sexual integrity can disconnect you from the kingdom of God in terms of grace and, and blessing. Your body wasn't made for sexual immorality, but it belongs to God. I told you this last time. I'm going to say it again. This, this was not my revelation. It was actually my, one of my spiritual mothers, Apostle Rita Johnson, not Ruby Johnson. And she said, um, <laughs> she said, listen to this, and I'm going to say it the way she said it. Your penis is for pleasure, procreation, and to pee. If you're single, you only have pee privileges. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think that's real clear. Sexual sin is self-sin, and sexual integrity honors God. Number two, 
Number two on our list, we said that um, on our main list, pull up, pull up our main list media team, the reason that a man practices sexual, sexual integrity. Number two, we said it protects you from one of the tools that Satan means to bring destruction to your life. All right. So let's look at Proverbs chapter five, and we're going to read uh, verses one through five. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood. Um, which is like a vinegar, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Oh, Lord. So when we, when we understand this, what we understand is that one of the tools that the enemy uses to get uh, men of God off their assignment is to place a beautiful but seductive woman to pull them off their road to destiny and get them to deviate into sexual sin. Now, pastor is not in the woman haters club, but I didn't give you my opinion. I gave you scripture. Now, this scripture is talking about, it was a father talking to his son. Okay? And so this father was telling his son, listen, man, there's stuff that'll, that'll, that'll cause you to deviate from destiny. You got to understand that every, every woman that looks good is not good. Everything that looks good, smells good, watch this, and tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, I went there. Um, it's not good for you. Okay, And so he says, he says, he tries to give you two pictures, the picture of, of what she's presenting and then the picture that's behind of what's happening spiritually. So the picture that's presented is honey and oil. But then he takes you from the beginning picture. He takes you from from the intro to the end of the book. The end is bitter. The end is bitter. It says, um, sharp as a two-edged sword. That means it'll cut you. And then the feet, the steps that she's taking you on, it may look good up front, but at the end, it's taking you down to death. It'll drag. And this scripture says, now listen, some people don't believe hell exists, but this scripture says that, that this this path can drag you down to hell. Now, remember, we've already talked previously about such were some of you. So if you came out of it, then you came out. I'm not trying to put people in con condemnation for where they've been, but I am trying to put them in conviction about where they are. Okay? Now, I read these scriptures when I was a single young man. So... When I was in college and the administrator in the office, when I came in, would say, hey, handsome, which made my ego good, right? Made me feel good because she was built. She was a dancer. 
you know, like a ballet dancer, not just not a belly dancer, a ballet, B-A-L-L-E-T, a ballet dancer, not not a belly dancer. OK, but anyway. <laughs> and so but when she said, hey, my young son is going away with somebody for the weekend. I want to. Why don't you come over to the house? All of a sudden, the picture of the end came up. And I saw the flames coming out her house. And then I ran, didn't walk in the opposite direction. Flee sexual immorality. <laughs> I told my college friends about what had happened. They didn't even believe me. They said, man, first of all, she's too old for you. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. Listen, I'm telling you by I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit. It did happen. He told me to tell you it happened. And it's, it's, I, that doesn't just happen to me. The enemy has to put up something that'll get you off to get you off your destiny. All right. And just so you know, we're not demonizing women. This is not all about women, but we're not trying to demonize women. But some women are used by demons to destroy your destiny. And as stated before, we're also going to have the women of destiny um, deal with the strange man issue because the scripture has something to say about strange men. And one of the reasons why church has less credibility than it should have is because there's been a lot of strange men in churches and preachers have been public enemy number one or at least number two. So if I'm going to deal with it, I'm going to call it all out. You don't, Sister, you don't even have to say it. I'm going to say it for you. I said it for you. See, see, you don't have to hate me now. I'm not in the woman haters club. I love you. Much love. Hallelujah. I love you. But as you can see from this shirt. I love my wife. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We good? All right. Let's look at number three. Put up, pull up my, my main list on this one. And this is the one we'll end with today. We may get through all of it. No, no, I'm not going to get through all of what I got here. We'll get through part of number three and we'll pick up here um, next time. Okay, uh, number three says, I'm sorry, Proverbs 5, um, 9 to 14. So number three says that, um, that the reason for man to have sexual integrity is because it's a key to both achieving and maintaining destiny. All right, so what happens if you get into sexual sin with an immoral woman? Verse 9 says, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner and you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed and say, how I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers. That's why I'm teaching. You're supposed to hear me teach this. You're supposed to have the voice of a teacher teaching you this. Look at part B, nor incline my ear to those who instructed me. So I'm supposed to teach it. I'm supposed to voice it. You're supposed to obey my voice and incline your ear to this instruction. Not because I'm so important, but because the instruction is. Now look at verse 14. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of of the assembly and congregation. Oh, so 
you can have this kind of great teaching going on in church and you can still miss it. I was on the verge of total ruin in the congregation, not after I left church. I was in church. Let me say it this way. Being in a being in a school building won't make you a student. Sitting in your garage doesn't make you a car. Coming to church by itself will not make you the disciple that you need to get all the way to destiny. You actually have to do something when you leave here. I can't go home and do your homework for you. All right. So there are destiny-defining decisions that you make, and you will forever experience the consequences of them. Even if God forgives you, you can still be forgiven with consequences. You didn't know that. David did this. He was forgiven, but there were consequences. It was visited to his next generation. He did it once. Solomon loved many women. So it was not only visited to his next generation, it was multiplied in his next generation. Now, David wrote Psalm 51, Lord creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Oh yeah, God cleaned him up too, but there were still consequences. You can be forgiven with consequences. Now, Whatever is in the past is in the past, and we have scripture we've already read about God wiping and cleaning you up. So no condemnation, but what we're trying to do is, what did Jesus say? Whenever, even when he dealt with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Now, this is Pastor David's revelation on that story. Go back and read it and see if you see it. The scripture says there was these dirty old preachers who caught a woman in the act of adultery. So somewhere, somebody's having sex and they watching them. Because you can't be caught in the act unless you see them acting. And the Bible says they dragged her out to be stoned. If you drag her out to be stoned, you didn't give her time to put her clothes back on. Now this is Pastor David's revelation. Go back and look at it. So they drag the woman out. Well, it takes two to tango. She can't do adultery. But it didn't say she we caught her in the act of masturbation. It didn't say she had a vibrator. It says she was in adultery. It takes two to tango. And you snatched the woman out and tried to make a public example of her and left the man somewhere else. See, that's why women haven't believed the church, because the church has made women sit down and men keep preaching, keep playing music, keep doing everything else. And they don't think we real because we haven't held up the standard. I am preaching really good here today. So they, they let they give they they give their boy a pass. Because it's a boys club, sister, see, I love you, I'm. Man, I got you. I got you. They get they give the they give the man a pass and drag the woman out naked and sit her in front of Jesus. 
Now, we know they dirty old men because they still looking at her. But your Bible says Jesus looked down and started writing. He didn't even look up at her. He didn't he didn't want to take in too much eye candy because he knew that a mess with you. Your Bible says he just kept looking at the ground. He wouldn't look up at her. And then he said, who is the one without sin? Let that man throw the first rock. And the only one who was there without sin was the one who was making the statement, who was Jesus. And he could have thrown the first rock and he didn't. So I'm not here to throw rocks at nobody. All right. But what I am trying to do is to make sure you understand the thing that Jesus made that woman understand. He told her when he did look up, he looked at her eyes. He didn't look down. He looked at her eyes. He looked. He didn't look down, you know, because some some men be in church and they can't get they can't look at a woman's eyes for looking at her breasts. So when I see a man like that and I say, mm, I just help their chin out, bro, bro. Bro, you, 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 you'll do better in church if you just learn to look up. Just, just look at the eyes. You ain't, you ain't got to look at the ceiling. Just look them in the face. And when Jesus looked her in the eyes, he didn't look down. He said, where are your condemners? He said, they have gone. Then he said, he said, I don't condemn you either. The only one who could condemn didn't condemn her. And then he said, go and sin no more. Everybody, there's got to be an expiration date for your dumb days. Somebody write that down so I can tweet it. There's got to be an expiration date for your dumb days. So he didn't condemn her, but he still told her, you got to stop it now. If you don't stop it, listen, if you stay on a certain road, you're going to get to where that road is taking you. I can't head 75 North trying to get to Florida. Does that make sense? I can't do it. It won't take me there. That road is going someplace. I can be I can I can be on 75 North and I can confess Orlando. I can I can I can call to Miami. I can I can pray and believe for Atlanta. I can I can say all of the right words. I can I can speak in tongues and have and have prophecy sheets and vision boards about it. But if I'm driving to the UP, I'm going to get there. If I don't get off the highway and turn around, eventually I'm going to make it up north, even though I want to go south. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus is telling us. Hallelujah. So destiny defining moments you make, you will experience the consequences of. The purpose is not to condemn the past, but to fortify your present and forcefully, forcefully advance towards your future. You can't sow seed and then pray for crop failure. All right. Things affected by sexual immorality that are listed here. First is your honor, your place of authority. And with your honor, you have the possibility of being brought to public exposure and disgrace. And listen, the Me Too movement is coming for you, bro. You, you know, that day of you thinking, you know, um, that, that, your, that your patriarchal male privilege would protect you, that day is over forever. I mean, I mean you know, <laughs> white folks is giving Donald Trump a pass, but they're not going to give nobody else a pass. 
I am preaching really good up in here. Yes, white church people is giving him a pass. They didn't give Bill Cosby a pass, Harvey Weinstein. They're not giving you a pass, man. That day is past. You need to get over it. But it, it, it was wrong even if you could get a pass. And listen, in the black church and in the black family, we've hid this stuff and we trained generations not to talk about the family business and the family secrets. We knew that that wasn't your uncle. We knew that that was your dad. We just didn't tell nobody. But that day is over too. Sister, the sister soldiers is coming for you, bruh. That's why I just tell them it's cheaper to zipper, man. It's you can write that one down. It's just cheaper to zipper. It's just it just keeps everything cool. It just keeps everything everything. Listen, don't you know if, if they, there's nothing to come for, then then nobody's coming for you. You can lose your place of honor. You can also lose your progress. That is time spent in sexual immorality is time lost for destiny. Third, you can lose power, strength, ability, and finances to walk in prosperity. Your money is wasted on pornography, X-rated films, videos, paid sex, suggestive apps. Second, your body, uh, your money is wasted on pornography, films, videos, paid sex, computer apps. Second, your body is racked, can be racked with sexual transmitted diseases. Or third, you can have children spread out beyond your ability to provide for them and uh, always being a drain on your family home. Some people can't make enough money because they got too many kids. Let me give you a fourth one. This one is in my notes, isn't in my notes. Media team, make sure you write this down so I can go back and add it into my notes. Number four. Your, your history of sexual immorality will prevent your intimacy when you finally get married to the one. Your history of sexual immorality will prevent intimacy when you finally find the one. What happens is you built an appetite of all of the women that you have had. And so when you get one and she didn't have all of the, the strange deviant behaviors of these other sisters, you know, she can't fulfill all of the fantasies you built up over a lifetime of playing and stuff that wasn't yours. And then no one person can fulfill all the appetites for all them other. You're not even you're not even wanting sex with one woman. You want sex with Sister Frankenstein, a collection of every woman that you've been with. And because this one woman can't be all of them women. I know. I know. I know. I know. Whitney was wrong. I'm every woman. It's all in me. No, you're not. You're not every woman. You're the one woman. You're lying. And you can't be. And so, because you can't be every woman, because God didn't make you to be every woman, what happens is you're the one woman that can't be all those women, so you don't satisfy him, so he'll be with you in a bed, and rather than having sex with you, he'll rather masturbate based on a picture because you can't fulfill him because all of the stuff he has in his past. Bam! That is preaching really good. So we got to be careful. Listen, it's just better, it's better to just do the thing right. I'm out of time. I'll start the, I'll start the next session. On the next one. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? Hallelujah. Media team, make sure I get that point because I got to add that one into my notes. That, that one was hot off the Holy Ghost press.
Let me look at my calendar here before we go any further. I got to make sure. Yeah. Um, the next time we get together as men, then won't be in two weeks because of the um, because of the uh, Destiny Four conference. So the next time we get together will be in August. But isn't this good, brothers? Oh, we 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 really getting into it. Yeah, yeah. Yo yo. <laughs> like this is real New Testament holiness. Holiness stuff isn't you know whether or not you wear jeans and makeup and stuff like that. You know, we used to make holiness. You know. Did you, um, you know, is it, are you wearing makeup? Sister, if you need something to fix your face, fix your face, boo, do it, do you, you know, get your weave, you know, pastor's not against all of that. I'm not, but you got to keep your heart right. You got to keep your mind clean. You, you, God, you come out of this stuff. God can give you the woman of your dreams and you will turn her into a nightmare. Now, let me say it on the other side. I've, I've seen sisters who develop sexual appetites dealing with homemonger men and then marry a virgin who hasn't practiced all of the moves he could do and don't know all of that stuff. And then you're dissatisfied with the man God gave you. Oh, come on, sisters. I'm going to come for you. When I come for you, I'm coming. But I'm just saying, we doing all of this stuff and it's messing up our marriages. <laughs> 